Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses, and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a mat marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Jonathan Rivera. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today. Seth, thanks for having me on the show and looking forward to uh, chat with you about some direct response stuff. Awesome. Our pleasure. Let's go back and uh, well, let's start with what you're doing now because you're doing some really cool stuff. Tell us a little bit about your business and then we'll go back in time. Okay. Well, uh, right now I'm, I'm having a lot of fun because I get to spend most of my days speaking with my mentors and it just so happens that a lot of my mentors are copywriters, direct response marketers, and guys who have helped transform my business. So that's that's really where I'm at right now at the podcast factory. And the other small part of it is uh, we do produce shows for other entrepreneurs, and we do have kind of a take where we think more on direct response terms and actually getting a return on your podcasting. So kind of interesting that we're chatting today. Absolutely. Let's go back in time a little bit. Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, for uh, all the way through middle school, and then I moved down to Florida and started high school down here. I've been here ever since, and I'm in Orlando now. I'm neighbors with Mickey Mouse over here. Uh, I don't know. I've been in, in Florida now 25, 26 years. And what did your parents do? My dad was a construction worker, and my mom was a bank teller. And then after that, she was a, a what do they call those? A nurse's aide, a CNA, one of those home health care workers. So, how did you get started in business? I, I needed to escape the job life. <laughs> <laughs> I was working as a construction worker for, right out of high school as an electrician. Even helped build Universal Studios down here, and worked on Disney a little bit, but. I was miserable. I hated it. I knew there was really no future for me in it. I saw the old guys all burnt out and grumpy, and I didn't want to be one of them. So after about nine years as an electrician, I jumped into real estate because that was the easiest thing to get started with. And ever since, I've been in business 
just uh, growing businesses, solving problems, and getting paid. Awesome. How did you go from real estate to the podcast factory? How did the podcast factory come about? It was this thing where in high school I was a really bad student, and so I had like a D average, and I had one shiny bright spot in all those D's, and it was the A I had in TV productions. All four years, always an A in TV productions. I guess you could say I was an AV geek. And then driving to and from work, I, I really didn't like listening to the radio because they played so many commercials, and I got hooked up with Howard Stern and talk radio and just being entertained that way. And so when I went into business for myself, one of the big splurges I made was I bought myself my first Mac computer. And lo and behold, on the computer, there was this thing called GarageBand. And I realized at that moment that I could produce audio content and I wouldn't need much to get started. So I started podcasting way back in 2009 before it was cool. And I've been doing it ever since. I've had some downs where we totally failed and bombed and some ups which launched the podcast factory and still doing it today and we're working on about 15 shows right now i co-host six that is an absolutely incredible journey the longer version of which if it hasn't should still a book in my opinion so what has been some of the biggest business challenges that you've overcome and what you learned from them it started, I mean, challenges come every day. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to run your own business, if you want to be your own boss, you're going to find out you are the worst boss in history. <laughs> because you're you're going to take advantage of yourself, make yourself work more hours than you need to, and all this stuff that is not fun. And so the biggest challenge I've ever faced is me, myself, my limiting beliefs, what I thought I should be doing. And I've been working years and years and years to fix that. The first big roadblock I had was when I jumped into the real estate business and I strapped on my tools and I started rehabbing houses. So I was working in the business instead of on the business and it caused me to lose sight of the big picture. Also caused me to lose a lot of money. And even through that, after I lost everything, because we went through the decline, got foreclosed on, lost all our houses, lost all our money. I had to rebuild. And in the rebuilding process, when we came back, it was hitting these limiting beliefs. Like I was making more money at one point than my parents had probably ever made in their whole lives. And I looked at that like I didn't deserve it. And I was, I was really stuck in a funk and starting to decline and working through that and getting the right mentors who helped me through that and realizing that I had to think bigger. In fact, that, that gentleman, Darren Persinger, was the first guy I did a show with on the podcast factory because he had helped me so much. Uh, and then just finding other mentors, just helping me be a better salesperson, helping me be okay with commanding higher prices, helping me be okay with saying no to work, and helping me get rid of that feast or famine mentality. I mean, I, any number of things. I can talk all day about my limitations, Seth. <laughs> that is awesome. And, you know, that's really interesting that you mentioned that, you know, I've done this hundreds of interviews and no one has ever said that it was them um but it's totally <laughs> true i mean my fate you know when i get interviewed all the time and people ask you know what's your favorite quote or what's your favorite you know advice and one of my favorite quotes is from dr cory melnikoff who says who you are affects how well what you do works 
And every time our business has exploded, it's because I worked on myself as a person, as an entrepreneur, and then the business took off to reflect that. So I love that you're aware of that and that you mentioned it. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Man, I get get good advice on a daily basis because I'm hanging out with my mentors. But what you just said there, Seth, and I mean, this has come from all different sources, I can't cite one source for it, but being aware, and that's the big thing, is just being aware. And so being aware of your limitations, being aware of your roadblocks, being aware of how you succeed, being aware of what makes you happy, being aware of what you can't stand. That awareness, if you take it as data, as information, and don't get emotional, all right, don't get all butthurt when things don't go your way. But if you take that as data and you're aware and you know where you want to go, it's going to be a powerful driver, not just for your business, but for your life and for your happiness. Absolutely. I would agree with that. That is great advice. What are you finding are some of the biggest mistakes or biggest challenges that your clients are facing that they're coming to you with that you're helping them with? Oh, God. (laughs) It's so funny because I've been reviewing a bunch of the – testimonials we've received because I'm doing some turning them into videos and and doing some different stuff with them and just listening to to what they're saying what I'm finding in common is that they they will go in and they will take a course they'll go spend a grand on a podcasting course and then when they get in there they just realize it's too much work so they put it off and then procrastination sets in then they see their competitor has a podcast and now the guilt sets in and they get back into it and say, all right, I want to do this again. Then they go look at all the work and then they don't do it. So the procrastination gets them again. And so being afraid of the tech, being afraid of the time commitment, being afraid of what the result is going to be, because if you don't have a roadmap, then you might not know what the result is going to be. And that can be scary. And so that's a lot of the stuff that we help them through is what I do is I just help them get everything formulated, get everything in place, know who we're talking to ahead of time, get all the content, and, and I keep them a month and a half, maybe two months ahead so that they don't have any of those worries of, am I going to be good enough? Is this going to take a lot of time? Am I going to get the results I'm looking for? I try to eliminate all of that and make it as friction-free as possible. That is obviously Awesome. So what are your the shows that, that, you know, I think you mentioned 15 of them. Um, what are your clients coming to you for in terms of what are you teaching? What are they using their podcasts for in their business? I love that question, Seth, because everybody has a different motivation. And that's one of the things when I, I bring people in is to figure out why they want a podcast. And so a, a lot of times you hear people wanting to get into podcasting for lead generation. That's certainly one. Uh, Another popular one is audience building because you can only get so many people on your email list, but your audience is always going to be way, way bigger than your email list. And a great way to reach a bigger audience is through podcasting, especially when you think about the idea, and and you're quite aware of this because you are podcasting, but just being able to spend more time with people. Because according to Edison Research, the average blog reader spends about 90 seconds on a blog post. The average YouTube video watcher spends about maybe three to five minutes on a video, right, if you're lucky. And then you have the podcast listener who podcast listeners have a higher level of education. They have a higher income. 
which means they're smarter and more able to buy your product. And this is all Edison research. You guys can look this up. Podcast listeners are going to spend an average of five hours a week listening to podcasts. That's more than any other content or all that other content combined. And so uh, that is another big advantage of podcasting and why people get into it. Lead generation, other networking, right? The, the way that you and I are doing an interview here, we form a relationship and down the road we might be able to help each other out. That's another one. It's just another form of networking. So right there, lead generation, better quality customers, and networking are three of the most popular reasons. Absolutely. With all the success you've achieved, what is your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge right now is that I – all right, so damaging admission here. What I've noticed is I am such a terrible dude because I talk more people out of podcasting than into it. And you'll see this. that one. <laughs> you'll see this all the time. Podcasting's hot right now. People want to get into it. And it's easier than ever just to put up a show. I mean, anybody can do that. And whether the show does what you want it to do or not is a whole different story. But I see too many people trying to get into podcasting before they have a product, before they've started building their audience, before they have uh, any kind of lead generation plan in place. And so I tell them, hey, you're not ready. And that's so cool. Just go back and work on your email list then work on your product. And then when you have those two things in place, you can start making enough money to afford me because I am expensive. <laughs> so that's, that's how I roll. And how do you, what are some of your secrets in terms of how you get so much done, how you're so productive and how you manage the, the you know, the podcast that you're on plus, you know, the, all the clients. Well, it is uh, a system, right? Everything, to me, I'm a systems person. I don't know if you guys have heard of the Colby, but I'm really high on the systemizing and following a system part of that in my profile. And so that's what it is. Every one of my shows, the ones I co-host, we record every six weeks, and we have two to two-and-a-half-hour blocks on the calendar ahead of time. Before we ever launch, we have eight shows in the vault to make sure that we don't fall behind. And whenever we want to take a vacation or some time off, we just get ahead by recording extra content. And that keeps me ahead there. I also have processes that I've built inside of, I use. I like to use Basecamp by 37 Signals. And so I have project templates. I have processes built in. I also have my team trained. And I have a pretty big team. And they are trained. Everybody, it's kind of like the McDonald's thing where everybody has a certain thing. I have one person running the, the production calendar, another one, uh, well, sets of teams that do the production, their transcriber audio engineer team, then somebody else who does the, the actual marketing. And all of these are just systems that fit together with the right people in place to keep working. And it's, it's a matter of trial and error. That's the thing, Seth. A lot of people think they read the e-myth and they think, oh, everything's going to be a system and it's going to be perfect. And the fact is, most times uh, the first little bit of a system you develop going to let you down. It might not work, and that's cool because at least you're trying, and it's a, a constant improvement, even to this day with all the shows. And look, our shows at this point have over a million downloads, right? We've done over a thousand shows over at the Podcast Factory with a million downloads, million one hundred thousand, something like that. And I'm still refining my system today. I'm still working on it, tweaking it. 
that's the other thing where I think people get caught up is they think that once they fine tune it, once it's working and giving them the output that they want, that they can walk away from it. And the fact is that it's going to break and you're going to have to be able to fix it. So it's just constant tweaking and tuning to make sure that you're getting the results you want. I think that makes a lot of sense and that is very helpful. I know that what podcast do you listen to? Ah, uh-oh. More damaging admissions coming from Jonathan. But I have really scaled back the the, the shows I've listened to. I really, really cut back majorly. In fact, I, I'm not listening to any shows right now. Before that, I was listening to all the shows on my network, and that got to be overwhelming. And before that, I would listen to people like uh, I Love Marketing was one of my favorites. Who else, man? I would have to go through. Oh, you know which show I, I do still listen to? which is one of my favorites. It's called No Agenda <laughs> with Adam Curry. Oh, man, I love that show, and that's just purely, purely entertainment, right? And so I really don't listen to many podcasts anymore because this year I've really been focused on reading books, and I've read like 60 books so far this year just to get a different angle because I'm just – I'm, I'm burnt out on listening to podcasts for real. <laughs> what are What are three of the – okay, so if you've read 60 books, what are three of the best ones you've read out of those 60 that have had the most impact on your work? Yes. Yeah, so I won't remember the authors necessarily, but one that's really just blowing my brain right now is this book named called Curious. And Ian something is the author. And it just one of the main points in that book is we live in this Google society where you can just go in, you don't know an answer to something, and you can Google it. And that's causing your brain to atrophy because you don't have to think anymore. And so the one big takeaway I got from Curious, you remember those commercials with the most interesting man in the world? <laughs> uh, that that guy, well, they cut those commercials anyway, but I took something from him and, and I, I combined it with that book. So I tell people now, stay curious, right? Stay curious, stay interested. If you If you find an interest in something, the other day I was looking at something on the Crusades, bought a book about it and started reading. Just stay curious, stay learning, and really look for stuff outside of your industry. Look for different places to get your curiosity taken care of because then you can merge that into the work you're doing. Another book by Chet Holmes. What is this book called? I'm looking at it right now, The Ultimate Sales Machine. It's kind of blowing my brain. Like I have to – I usually read books fast, and I have to read this one slow because it's just so dense with good stuff, and it's got me rethinking how I'm doing everything. And then uh, another favorite, because I'm in Strategic Coach right now, there's a, a book by Dan Sullivan called The 25-Year Framework. And if you're out there thinking that you don't have enough time, that there's not enough hours in the day, how are you going to get everything done? This 25-Year Framework will change your perspective on everything. Is there a great recommendation, fascinating interview, incredible story. Do you have a favorite app or software program that you use to manage your business in that process? Yeah, so we talked about it earlier. Yep. Right now, I, and I've been really, I've been using this thing for years, and I, I can't picture my life without it, but there's a company out of Chicago called 37 Signals. They have multiple different pieces of software. I use two pieces of software from them. One of them is called Basecamp, and Basecamp is a project management system. And the other one is called High Rise, 
and HiRISE is a people management system. So those two tools together keep me up on task, keep me up on contacts, keep my projects moving forward, and keep my team in line. Anything else you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? That I, I hope I hope we didn't even talk direct response, so I hope that was helpful. <laughs> you know what? You're absolutely right. So what are some of your strategies for getting target the right listeners to to consume your show? Well, there's there's a lot of different strategies and uh, and people often get it wrong by just not having a strategy going in and they record a show and, and they don't really think about who's going to listen to it. But there is this, you can look it up on Google. Uh, there's this uh, PDF that the, the FBI put out on profiling serial killers. It's a 78-page PDF. And one of the takeaways I got from it was that you have to look for patterns and more specifically, you have to look for patterns that seem unrelated. And that's the way the FBI tracks down serial killers. They start looking for their patterns. And the reason why I'm telling you about this is because there are patterns in your listeners. They either hang out in certain places, they read certain books, listen to certain shows, watch certain movies. And you have to dig, dig, dig and get to know these folks almost better than they know themselves so you can find those patterns find those correlations, and you can use that when you are planning out your content, when you're planning out your marketing. All that will come in handy and help you to better serve your market by knowing them so well. And what are you, how are you finding, you mentioned the return on podcast investment. How are you, what are some of your strategies for helping your clients maximize that ROI. It really depends on what they're looking for. So, for instance, if they're looking to expand their network, I have a really dialed-in network, so I ask them, who do you want to meet? And that's instant ROI. If they're looking for lead generation, then I ask them, all right, what, what are your lead goals and how are we going to put this together? What is going to be our giveaway? What's going to be our call to action in the show? How are you going to follow up with them and how are you going to track this? So it really depends on what their goals are. If, if you're just going in to build an audience, then it's simple as, okay, we got 1,000 downloads on, on this month and we got 20,000 this month. Clearly, your audience is bigger. So it's really a, a tailored thing, and that's what I tell people is we, we call it the factory because we stamp out shows at the podcast factory because we have a system for that. But going into it, everything is custom tailored for you. It's measured and cut, and really it's it's a bespoke type of setup for your podcast. So it depends on their goals, and then we plan accordingly. Awesome. What else do you want to share? I mean, what else do you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? I I, I don't know. I hope we're good. I I feel like I'm letting you down. We didn't get into all this whole Collier and, and ROI too much. But, I mean, the system stuff is useful, and, and the marketing stuff uh, and knowing your market is pretty useful. But the other thing is, I got a lot of smart guys, and I told you I hang out with my mentors, and my mentors are the people who I co-host shows with. These guys have helped me build my business and just really exceeded all my expectations in business and life, and I share them with you every week over at thepodcastfactory.com, so you can definitely check that out. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been Seth Green with Jonathan Rivera at thepodcastfactory.com. Everybody, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. Jonathan, thank you so much for your very valuable time. 
My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world. And I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to take the 500 challenge.com that's www.takethe500challenge.com to learn more thanks so much for listening this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com